You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means.
as we adjust my microphone to my voice so Pastor Doug. Here we go. <laughs> Are you ready for tonight? I'm ready for tonight. It's going to be awesome because we're going to stir up the atmosphere. The presence of God is already here. The power of God is already here. We just have to stir it up with our praise, with our worship, with what we're going to connect with. So are you ready tonight? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for service tonight. We thank you, Lord, for Wednesday night refreshing. We welcome your presence in this place. As we sing worship and honor to you alone, you get all the glory. We stir up this atmosphere with a praise to God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to get the garment of praise on. You guys look good in it. Here we go. Come on, everybody, get your praise on. Come on, everybody, get your praise on. Oh, oh. 
thank you for Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you that he is talking, and we take this time and we listen to what Holy Spirit has to say. I have come to meet you. I have come to meet you in the secret place. I've come to meet you where you are, and I've come to take you higher, to take you to higher places. I've come to bring you to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Signature Worship Team and Heartfelt Fire. We had a blend of songs going on. Aren't they awesome? (laughs) Oh, you guys can have your seats. All right, just wanted to remind you of a few announcements that are coming up. Um, VCF is going, their signature worship team, is going on the road. Woohoo! <laughs> this Friday, two days away, September 1st. I'm so, like, stoked for September. <laughs> um, they are going to be at Dr. Pastor Ben Lim at the event that he's having and hosting at the Life Center, which is in Lebanon. And that's happening um, from, it's happening today, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that event is happening, but Signature Worship is doing the worship on Friday. So come on out and support them. And also coming up, just as a heads up in your front mirror, I was going to say rear view mirror, but I'm like, that's behind you. (laughs) Ahead of you. (laughs) In your windshield, right? Everybody looking ahead. For September, we have um, Woven coming up on the third Friday of the month. So that starts back up again. We're excited for Dr. Fiona's teaching. And the Sunday after Woven, we will actually be starting book club back up again for the ladies back in the fall. Studying Dr. Fiona's latest book, Removing Blind Spots for a Limitless Life. How awesome is that? So you can invite people to join us after service for that. We have a wonderful time fellowshipping and learning more about the word from our pastors. Okay, that's our announcements. We welcome Dr. Fiona. She's teaching tonight. That was quick. That was really fast. All right. I'm coming. We got it. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Josiah tells me that we do have kids' life. (laughs) I think they should stay in. I don't know, but he wants kids' life. I think you can handle being in. It's all right. Listen to mommy preach for once. (laughs) Are you good with that, Levi? What's he going to (laughs) say? You'll have some fun after. We'll do something fun after. We'll give prizes after. Prizes based on how you answer the questions from what I preach. Let's do it that way. (laughs) So um, we, I want to give you an offering scripture because Pastor Doug always does. Um, I'm going to do everything Pastor Doug does and then I'll switch to myself fully after a few services. So (laughs) everybody on board? So... uh, (laughs) But first, I'll give you a joke before I ask you about the money. 
I just saw this meme on uh, Facebook, and it says, missing church is a misdemeanor. The more you miss, demeanor you get. (laughs) I thought that was funny. (laughs) See, I got you laughing already. Now, let's talk about money. Let's go to um, (laughs) Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And um, I have large print and tiny print that could be expanded, so I'm, I'm set either way. We'll see which one works best. (laughs) So it says, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops, your income. Then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow with new wine, which I'm sure you've never not heard before. We've heard this before, right? So one thing I want to point out is whenever, if you are a giver, which there are people who, that is their gift. They love to give. Every time you hear us talk about the offering and telling you scriptures to give and all that, you kind of get a little bit ticked off because it's like we, people should be giving. Like it's normal to give. But for those who aren't <laughs> equipped with such a gift, we have to show you where it says it in the Bible. So I just kind of want to bring some clarity to this. (laughs) For those who are already givers, you're set. You know what to do. You know what you plan to give. You're good. But for the rest of the people, (laughs) but listen, we know that God blesses us. And what better place to give thanks and to give an offering to God than in his house. Amen? So with that said, if you have an offering for our service tonight, We have two containers, one on the side and one on the back. So wherever you hang out after service or while I'm preaching, you need a break, it's okay. You can go ahead and place your offering in our offering podium. If you're online with us, you can do that at our website, vcfpa.org. And we have options there for you as well. So let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for blessing our lives. We thank you, Father, that... We can have abundance, that you have things set up that we can participate with no matter what level we are on this earth. So I thank you, Father, for that. We pray a blessing over the offering tonight. We thank you for increase and multiplication. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So it says here that I was supposed to do Kids Life, but we scratched that. I did the offering and now I'm supposed to preach. So we're good. All right. You're going to get a lot of clips tonight, Josiah. So it's a good thing you're down here. Josiah is doing new editing for our video, you know, social media. So everybody okay? Yes. Are you ready for the word? Yes. All right. Tonight, we're going to talk about getting rid of stale air. Yep. I have this message already planned before Pastor Doug left. Pieces of my sandals are coming apart up here, just so you know. (laughs) This is what's happening behind the podium. It's all right. Uh, (laughs) I think that's what it is. I don't know. About two months ago, while Pastor Doug was preaching a sermon, I don't remember what it was, I started writing down notes of, and I titled it, What to Preach When Doug is Gone. So I I have pages and pages of things to preach when Doug is gone, and I was going through that this week, and I had it all set. And then today I was get, sitting down to um, finalize things. 
and a whole new topic came up called how to get rid of stale air. So I think before I teach any of the other stuff I have planned for the next six sermons, this is critical for us to get so that we can just flow. Amen? Amen. So the atmosphere that we are in in this church is already full with evidence of God, with the presence of God. Oh, I think we need kids life after all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so uh, we'll clap our kids off. Off you go, Josiah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have kids life. It's all good. So listen, the atmosphere of this church is already seasoned with the presence of God. But the thing about it is God is everywhere, right? You know, David said, where can I go to hide from your presence? Even if I went down to hell, there you, you'll, you'll find me there, right? right? So there's no place that a human can go that God wouldn't know you're there. But tonight we're going to talk about where have you been putting yourself that you are breathing in stale air, all right? So first we're going to have a definition of what stale air is, so we're all on the same page. I think we kind of know what it is, but let's just talk about it. Stale air is not fresh, (laughs) right? (laughs) Not fresh at all. It's vapid. I actually had to look that word up. I'll tell you what it means in a minute. Or flat. As, as, okay, it's dry or hardened as bread. It's musty and stagnant. That's what stale air is. Stagnant might be the word you want to hook in with. Not with, but realize what it means. Okay, but the definition of vapid is lacking liveliness animation or interest ooh dull huh <laughs> lacking taste zest or flavor ooh flat having lost its life and spirit dead spiritless Insipid, flat, dull, unanimated. I think we can all agree (laughs) these are things we don't want to be. Right? But here's the thing. Sometimes you can be this and not know it. Because you're still breathing. So you wouldn't say you're lifeless. Right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You think you're living it up because you... (laughs) You got out of bed this morning and you went to work. Like, wow, I made it another day. Good for me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't lose my job. Woo, I'm living a life. But honestly, are you really? Like, there's got to be a reason why God completely changed my sermon at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I have to get Josiah too. So we're talking quick turnaround here. (laughs) Okay? And so... Somebody somewhere listening to the sound of my voice is carrying stale air. For the rest of you, just come along for the ride. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Right? Okay, so we've established 
There's some stale air going on. It's not in this room, so it's got to be inside, right? Right. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time we had a good spirit flush out? Huh? If you speak in tongues, when was the last time your tongues changed? Hmm. When was the last time you had such intensity in prayer that you started sweating close to blood? How long have you been a Christian that everything is just kind of like maintained? That's stale air. There's nothing about heaven that is being maintained. Everything is alive and fresh and brand new. God even says his mercies are new every morning. Daily, he loads us with benefits. I'm sure he's not giving you the same benefits every day, but maybe we are receiving the same benefits every day. When was the last time we received a brand new benefit? In a day. When was the last time in a week we received a brand new benefit? Amen? So we're going to get rid of some stale air tonight. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives, but we have become so accustomed to things that we just think it's for the people who haven't experienced it yet. So you could be in a service and let the other people experience it because, you know, they're new. They're new to this. No. There are levels in God. And every decade of your life should have a new level. I mean, in between decades, every year there should be, every week. How much of God can we handle? How much have we settled for? Remember, the Holy Spirit will not just impose himself upon us. He goes by our will. We know this from the Garden of Eden. If God ever overrode people's will, it would have been right there. He would have knocked that thing out of Eve's. She wouldn't have even gotten to look at the tree. She wouldn't have even been able to contemplate that it looked nice. You understand what I'm saying? But no, what happened in the Garden of Eden is proof that we have free will that works. Okay? It's not damaged. If you think anything is damaged in your life, I can guarantee you the one thing that ain't damaged is your free will. (laughs) That's what's working really, really good. (laughs) Even if you feel like you're being controlled by another person, it still requires your free will to be controlled. If you can only realize that, you'll snap out of that in a moment. Okay? Now, how do we get rid of stale air? Isn't that a good question? I am so glad you asked. All right, by the way, Pastor Doug is doing great. Uh, (laughs) I just put a little commercial in the message here. When I said, I'm so glad you asked, that's what he does, isn't it? Uh Yeah. So it's been, uh, let's see, he left on Sunday. That's three days. Only three days. We got like 18 more days to go. All right. Well, (laughs) Pastor Doug is doing well. He looks fabulous from a distance because he's been FaceTiming me. And the thing about it is, our times are still, we're figuring out our time. It's all right, let's blow all that air out of there. Come on, let's laugh. 
uh, <laughs> there is a nine and a half hour difference ahead. So the time today, what time it is now, counts nine hours ahead. And that's what time it is there. Um, he has already preached his first sermon uh, this morning for me, last night for him. <laughs> so he's preached his first sermon, and uh, yeah, it was much needed. Um, I'm not saying all the places he is, but um, he will go to the, to the two other places starting Saturday. So he's got his first place, but it is much needed. And um, yeah, so we we don't know what we don't know when we answer an, a, a, an instruction from God, what it does for another person. And so we need to stop questioning God based on our limitations. Because God is trying, God is like pulling us as a body together overall, overall the world, to do his work so people can be free. It's not so he can look so great. He's already great. There's nothing we could do to make him look great. He's already great. He doesn't have an inferiority complex, but there are people who are bound and in danger, and they're going to hell when they die. So God is asking us, are we going to be able to go get to them, you know? And so I'm just saying it was... He'll tell you all the details when he comes because he's still there. I'm not going to tell you all the details. So, um, but anyway, I'm glad you asked about the sale air thing. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> to Acts chapter 2. Uh, <laughs> so when Jesus was on the earth, right? Remember when he walked on the earth? He um, demonstrated things. He did things. He was free. They tried to cap- catch him, you know, captured him throw him off a cliff, you know, to kill him. Well, he came to die. So if you didn't know your father well, and you just knew the part that you were supposed to die, then you would have thought that was God's will for them to kill you because you knew you were supposed to die. But he knew the father's will, so he knew it wasn't his time. So he used his free will, empowered by God, the Holy Ghost, and he went right through them, left them walk into the cliff with nobody, right? <laughs> so, so this is how Jesus lived. Now, when he was leaving, right, he didn't want to leave the earth with people to run the kingdom of God's business on the earth that couldn't operate at the level that he operated in, right? So there was a secret then, but it's not a secret now, of how he operated so powerfully and he told 500 people to go in an upper room and wait for a gift he was going to give them this for free right 120 listened and they went up to this room and let's pick it up in acts chapter 2 all right do you see the progression he didn't just do a bunch of flashy stuff and say "Woo, god is powerful here's how it works see you later do greater than me goodbye no he left, he left the power source here for us, you and me, to utilize to do greater things than he did. He did so much stuff that it couldn't all be recorded. He expects us to do more than that. So, so you can start a log. Start a log. Here's how you get rid of some stale air. Log some of the things that you've done. Yeah. 
to destroy the works of darkness. And see if you'll, at the end of your life, you should run out of papers. Jesus was a human when he demonstrated how we should live. And he did so much that they can't even write it all down. Do you see what I'm saying? There would be volumes and volumes and volumes. Start recording the works you're destroying. Voice recorded. I don't know. My evidence is everywhere because they're in people. But my point is, uh, do do you see what I'm saying, church? I'm stirring you up on purpose. I'm aggravating all that stale air that's been sitting around. (laughs) But I'm smiling the whole time and laughing. So it's a little better. It's like, you know, a fan. It's just, right. All right. Let's go to Acts chapter (laughs) 2. Everybody good? Everybody good? Acts chapter 2. Listen to me. Anytime something bad happens in your life, you get mad at the devil. You get so stirred up that... For everything you lost, there has to be at least a seven-time recompense. At least seven. So there has to be at least seven. That's the limit. Do you hear me? Don't just sit around and go, oh, my God, something bad just happened. No, yeah, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you even consider being so free to attack and to do stuff? You know what I'm saying? Be vicious to the enemy. Be vicious to the animal. Don't just like pet him. It's not a domesticated animal. We're talking, think of the worst. Think of the worst animal and how destructive they are. The devil is worse than that in his appetite for destruction of you and me. So when somebody is operating by the enemy in your presence, the more they give themselves over to the enemy, the more destructive things they are equipped with against you. So you have to decide when you're going to stop the destruction. Like, you know, I just want to love on them. Yeah, love means kicking something out, you know, whatever. All right, Acts chapter 2. Jesus help us. Acts chapter 2. Okay. So we're talking about stale air. This is what we're talking about, stale air, okay? This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. God picked a time and a place. God is a God of order. You qualify when you follow the first instruction. The instruction was go to the upper room and wait. 120 people were in the upper room At the time of the occurrence. Now, I haven't read into all the details and all the commentaries, but I just wonder if it started with 120 or if it just ended with 120. Okay? Because he did ask 500 people. So we know the people who qualified to receive this was there at the right time, at the right place, because they followed an instruction, okay? So, uh, he picked a time, he picked a day, the day of Pentecost. And (laughs) today though, right? Today, in this time now, we know that faith is what? Now. Now, right? So, in that time, they were learning about it and everything, 
And this gift hadn't yet been given, but because we have it now, right? When we receive salvation, we get it, and then we get more of it. Uh, we can activate now things. It can happen now, right? Uh, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is, okay? The hoping part isn't the faith. The now part is the faith. The things that are coming is substance. You know, it's the stuff that we're waiting on, but the faith part, you have to have it to start with. It's like you have to have the money to pay for the thing. Well, faith is the currency. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we either hear it from him giving us an instruction, or we hear it from reading his word that he had already written down and instructed billions of people before us. (laughs) And guess what? It worked for the majority, the ones who used it properly, it worked. But there are people who it didn't work for, and it wasn't because the word couldn't work, it's because it didn't work for them. So when you read the Bible, when you listen to your friends' testimonies, when you hear about other people's life stories, you have to decide, are you going to agree with the people who failed using the word, or are you going to agree with the people who won using the word? Both exist. Both, both scenarios exist when people tell me that uh you know i don't want to be a christian or you hear people talk badly about church or you know it's a bunch of hypocrites or whatever i said you know so you would like to remain being a sinner yeah because okay well then let me lump you in with all the sinners you know the murderers the rapists you know the atheists all well no i'm not like them i'm good really well why are you telling me i'm a christian like the rest that you don't think are that great you have to argue back with the devil (laughs) don't let him win an argument to keep a soul and you get hurt and offended and walk away argue back with the words that the devil put in people that's causing them to make those decisions Do you understand? Their eyes are blinded by the lies of the enemy. I've told you this story before, but I think so. I told the ladies. But at our church at one time, there was an executive for a very big company that attended. She's since uh, relocated. But she was a high-level executive. So uh, the, the employees, the managers and stuff, would come up to her office and ask her for prayers when they had something going on in life. And so she would pray for them. Well, the HR executive of the company came into her office one day and said that, uh, why are you praying for these people? You shouldn't be praying for them and giving them your religion and blah, 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 blah. So she was asking me, what does she say? Like, what do I do? Because I said, listen to me. You know what you need to do? (laughs) I said, you need to let them come and sit in your office. You sit behind your desk and you say, you know, I really could explain this to you. But you don't have the faith to understand what I'm saying. So I can't explain it to you. But until you're able to understand it, I will keep helping them. And she was like, well, how? I said, you're the same level, aren't you? There's the same level of authority. They're the same level executive. They're lateral positions. But see, he was challenging her like he was above her because she was the Christian. So he was trying to intimidate her. I said, no, you tell him he doesn't have the faith to believe what you believe, that when you pray for somebody, you believe something would change in their life. And so 
he was mocking her too, you know, for doing that. You know what happened? Like two weeks later, he came into her office and asked her for prayer. He had the situation. Do you see how this works? But do you see it could have very well been his response was that of the devil. And the devil was causing him to continue to fail. And he didn't want somebody to rescue this man when he was about to give him this big attack. So if he can create a rift between the person that could help him and him ahead of time, then it's a walk away win for the devil. You see how this works? So you have to know that you have the authority in the room when it comes to spiritual matters, no matter the position of the person in the natural. You have the spiritual authority if you are a child of God and they are not. And the, the least we could do is pray for them, away from them. You understand what I'm saying? Take them away. But the devil will get you to feel all hurt and offended because they don't like my Christianity. Well, they're not supposed to. <laughs> they have to stay there. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to get through this. So Acts <laughs> chapter 2, verse 1. So he says, therefore, you have no excuse. What is this? I'm in Romans. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts 2, 1. On the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one, in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing, violent wind. Do you see what God did? He was giving the place a refreshing with the wind of heaven, it sounded like wind to them. And it was rushing and it was violent. It wasn't this, ooh, ooh. I'm your gift from God. No. Everything about it, every, every word that we've had described about this experience was a powerful word. Was it not? It was not a word of like, oh, Jesus loves you. That's why he died for you. No. It was, I mean, you knew it was there. Right? There was no, nobody had to be like, did you hear that? <laughs> like, what, what was that I heard? Like, did you hear something? No. It was heard. Everybody had the same report. Otherwise, we would have had multiple accounts of what the other person experienced. So this was a witnessing session where nobody could contradict the other. Everybody had the same experience. So when we come to church, guess what we can all have? We can have the same experience of the power of God falling in a place. We can all experience it. And the thing for them was that they were all in one accord. They were there because Jesus told them to go there and he told them to wait for a gift. So they were in the right place waiting for the same thing. So the question you have to ask yourself is, when you come to the house of God, why are you there? Right? Well, for the next services that I'll be teaching come to grow <laughs> come to receive doses and doses of power from God come to have the atmosphere of your life stirred up with the goodness of God 
okay? Come expecting. This is what you want to do when you come here. Come expecting to receive. Get the stale air out of you. Get the old rhythm of whatever, right? You need life. You need fresh, refreshing. This is Wednesday night refreshing. Perfect message, right? So here they are. The wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It came right where they were. They were sitting down, and it came in. That's it. They were sitting down, and it came in the house to meet them. Now, what happened to the, the rest of the crew out of the 500 that weren't in the house? There's no record that they received it because they were asked. <laughs> it's like, they, I got the invitation. That's all I need is the invitation. Jesus personally invited me. He came and told me himself in person with his resurrected body to come in the upper room. And that's all I needed was his personal invitation. I don't have to go hang out with those people for God knows how long. <laughs> do, you, do you see what the picture I'm painting here? Because nobody knew when, they just were told to go wait. So they were all in the right place, the place they were told to go, and they were all there for the same exact reason. He gave them the same invitation. He, he was going to give them a gift. You see? All right. And... Then when the wind came in, then they saw something. They saw fire. Right? So they felt the presence and they saw evidence of power. Fire that's not destructive. Think about this. And the fire split up and went above each of their heads. Somebody could see your fire, but you can't see your own fire. So you move your head, it moves. <laughs> but other people seen your fire. Do you see? God literally started them off at the exact same level. They all had the exact same experience on the day of Pentecost. Except, now look at this. They all got filled with the same spirit, but they, all of them were directed to different groups of people that spoke different languages. Yes. So they felt something, they saw something, and then they started what? Saying something. And they didn't get it to go say it to each other. They didn't start speaking in tongues to each other because they, they wouldn't understand what the other person was saying. None of them in the room understood the language they were speaking. They weren't speaking each other's languages either. In order for this thing to be effective, they had to go out of the upper room. And when they exited, they were speaking the language of the people who were strategically visiting the town. Do you see this? So, the things that God has arranged for us are not 
well, let's see what they're going to do today. Even though we have free will, we have to get into the flow of what God's doing. If we don't get in the flow, we miss out on the actions that are about to take place. This is what happens. So you could come to the same church and lose and other people are winning. And then you're wondering, well, what happened? I was just here, Pastor Doug preached that message. It's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Well, why? Why? <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Why? You know you can win. You just have to know you can win. Now, they were speaking things they never heard themselves. <laughs> it wasn't like Jesus went around speaking tongues. Jesus didn't go around speaking in tongues. When he was on the earth, did Jesus ever speak in tongues? Did anybody, is it recorded that Jesus, and Jesus woke up, and when the disciples asked him how to pray, he first bursted out in tongues. <laughs> Jesus did not train them how to speak in tongues. Their first job with the Holy Ghost was to speak something they never, ever heard in their own. <sighs> Okay, let's keep going. Verse 5, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout and God-fearing men from every nation under heaven. Think about this, folks. A world reunion was happening in the town of the upper room. And God took 120 people and captured 3,000 souls in one shot with wind fire and words from one spirit the Holy Spirit and they were bewildered these people were like what because each one was hearing those in the upper room speaking in his own language or dialect they were completely astonished saying look are not all of these who are speaking Galileans So they knew the people's race that was talking to them and the language they would have spoken. Then how is it that each of us hears in our own language or native dialect? Among us, there are all those people. Let's go. Uh, Oh, my word. There's a lot of people there. It just keeps going. And then we go to verse 14. Oh, so their only explanation in verse 13... Some of them were laughing and they were joking and ridiculing them saying they're full of sweet wine and they're drunk. But Peter standing with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the men of Judah, Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let this be explained to you. Listen to and he went on their actions opened a platform for Peter Bill, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my. Do you see? Do you see how this works? This was after the death of their major leader, the one they thought was going to come and conquer and take over. He's died. They were sad so many days ago, and now. They're winning soul. They're building. They're laying the foundational group of people for the church. That is still happening today. The church is still alive today. 
because the Holy Spirit is still here on the earth and he is still moving. And the question is, can he move you? Can the Holy Ghost really move? Like, can, what does he have? What's the sales pitch he's got to use to get you to shake something off and move a little? This is my question for you tonight. You can't operate freshly for the kingdom of God on this earth and breathe in stale air. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> That's called self-righteousness. It's what you knew from back then. You're regurgitating it. Right? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you utilizing your life to lift people up with fresh air from the Holy Spirit? Or are you breathing in stale air? Are you, do you have the same problem every time somebody sees you? Oh, I'm just like, oh. If you, like, I was thinking today, um, do people keep a record of, of God's goodness on a daily basis? Or is there more a record of the battles they're fighting and they keep track of? And if you look at it closely, I think there might be more wins in there than you think. But nobody is keeping track of the goodness of God. But when you ask somebody for an update, it's more like the bad stuff. (laughs) Even if you say a good thing, it's like, but, and then there's this. Listen, (laughs) it's superstitious to be afraid to say the good stuff because you don't want the bad stuff to happen. Like, look, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to jinx it. That's witchcraft. That's stale, not God air. The Bible actually says, don't give in to old wives' tales. Mm -hmm. Because it ties you down to cautiousness. Tell me what cautiousness was in the upper room. (laughs) You're sitting there, and then fire. And then you start saying stuff you don't even know what it is. Like this happened. The Holy Spirit didn't show up and win and say, let's see how they take it. Let's just, let's just, let's feel the room. I'm just, I'm feeling the room. Let's see how they're going to take it. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Is everybody, let's see. And then, okay, bring the fire, bring the fire. Okay, they got it. Uh, No, this was like, boom, boom, boom. You see what I'm saying? And, And what did they do? They got up and went out. And they were acting so crazy that the description from the people looking at them was that they were drunk. They were drunk because they came out of a room, all of them like crazy people. Well, I think maybe you might be too. If you were just locked up in a room for 50 days, I think it was, and then all of a sudden the end, boom, 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 fire, speaking. And you can't even say... Think about this. They can't talk to each other about what's happening because they can't say their language. They're talking a whole different language. (laughs) Their whole communication changed. In that moment, they're sitting there waiting. I wonder what the gift is. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be such a great gift. And it's a gift that's for somebody else. (laughs) Do you see this? 
The air that you carry is not for you. That's self-righteousness. When you get content that you've reached a level of spirituality, (laughs) that's religious. That's religion. That's a religious spirit. Its father becomes Satan. You become a tool for Satan. Because then you're going to be trying to get people to keep the rules. You're not supposed to laugh in church. What's wrong with you? Keep the rules. We have to be solemn. Keep the rules. You know what I'm saying? You can't dance. What's wrong with you? Keep the rules. <laughs> you remember how they used to tell uh, the, the healing evangelists, you know, they charged them with um, practicing medicine illegally? You're not supposed to do that. Keep the rules. The doctors are supposed to make people feel better, not you. So, how does this all have to do with stale air? You have to figure it out. I'm not coming in here to tell you you got stale air. You need to know if you got stale air. All right. I want you to still be here when Pastor Duck comes back, so that's a goal. (laughs) Okay. Now, remember Abram. Abram, before he became Abraham, right? You have to go read this because we're out of time. But Abraham, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 to 30, you see that Abraham's family line were a bunch of people who just settled for the bad stuff. So Abraham's father, Terah, which you don't hear much about, you don't hear Terah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. No, he's been, you hear Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? (laughs) And so Terah moved his family and landed in a place called, um, for his son. No, they went from Ur, his son that died. If you go to Genesis 11, 27, um, you'll see it. But read that, yeah, we go there, but you can read it. Listen. <laughs> the man moved his whole family to a location, Haran, Haran. That was the name of his son that died. Okay? His whole family were stuck in death. And God then went to Abram and said to him, God, give this man one instruction. He didn't know God, God. He knew the God that his father was worshiping which was not almighty God. It was idols. Okay? And he listened. (laughs) Mary had one visit. Mary, the mother of Jesus. She had one visit. To do something that's never been done on planet Earth. And she said, be it unto me. Abram had one visit. Get up and go to a place I'll show you. Da, 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 da. He never met God before. He did. We got 66 books in the whole Bible. Plus, we got five offices. The apostle, the prophet. If you didn't like what the apostle said, you can go ask the prophet. Then if you don't like the prophet, they're too loud and obnoxious. Okay, we'll go to the pastor. No, the pastor doesn't like me. He looks at me strange. Okay, we'll go find the teacher. No, he doesn't know what he's saying. Let's go for the evangelist. You got five just to... Do you see 
how this is crazy. <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is, it's not that God has never missed it ever in the history of mankind when he directed any person on this planet. It was the same planet. It was Earth. It was not another planet. It was the one we're living on right now. Okay? And they were human. It's another thing. <laughs> Just get that clear. I mean... Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? Do you see how crazy it is that God has to ask you and you take five years? I mean, oh my gosh. Like Abram, his instruction was to walk, was to go. And then the Lord, he didn't even, the Lord says, wherever the sole of your foot shall go, you know, it shall be yours and everything else. Do you know how much ground he could cover in five years? Yeah. Do you see where your hang-up might be? Yeah. yeah. And do you know what that's attached to? Let me clue you in. It's attached to people. Yeah. It's attached to these bonds you make with agents of hell because they've chosen to not follow God or his instructions. So you're playing tug-of-war because you feel like you don't love if you don't agree but who do you love more listen to me I believe the Holy Ghost did what he did in the upper room where they couldn't understand each other there was not an option to to rationalize this they couldn't speak their own language They couldn't talk to each other and say, no, 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 no. They're like, well, what? Let's go out. They were probably going out to get help. Who knows? We don't know. They're all like, this is like reverse Tower of Babel here. You know, like, okay. Uh, the wind came, the fire. Like, how do you, like, I am just glad that they recorded it. Could you imagine them trying not to, like, say what actually happened in the upper room? <laughs> Let's make them think we're drunk. That's it. That's what happened. Like, what's crazier? That you're drunk or that you saw fire, heard wind? now I'm speaking a language I didn't learn. But they didn't have a chance to discuss this and think it away. And maybe the problem is the people you're hanging out with, you're talking their language too much. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to explain things too much. You need to start talking the language of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Let him do the talking. Yes. You, you, <laughs> you know, when uh, Doug and I were just married, um, I had criteria for my life, and he didn't have the same. So I alerted him that, you know, between yours and mine, I'm doing mine, based on what God says, and you can do what you want to do. So we came up with this plan (laughs) early in our marriage. We knew this about each other. We will never ask each other permission to follow an an instruction from God. Never, ever, ever. We will ask each other for support in arranging things so we could get it done. Okay? Okay? 
So this way we can still live our life, take care of our responsibilities, and still fulfill the will of God. So we, we didn't have the attitude, well, you deal with it because God told me, so I'm just doing it. No. We found out, what did God say to you? Okay, let's see what we need to do to make it happen. Right? But we co- cooperated and collaborated with the things of God. When we came to this church, the way we got to this church was that Doug was in prayer and he felt, and I said, Doug, listen, we're like single. We're married with no kids. I consider that to be single. So <laughs> I said, you know, we have so much time. Like we have our job, but like we have so much time. Why don't we take an inventory of our time to, between the two of us and see how much time we have and sow it to our church? So that's what we did. We wrote out our schedule and saw all the time we had that we would just use for ourselves. You know, we go to the movies whenever we want to. We just, oh, yeah, I feel like a movie tonight. We go out to eat. Oh, yeah, we're just living it up. And then we're like, wait a minute. So when we did that, what Doug did was he did this. He went to the church. They had a Bible school at the time. And he said to the leader of the Bible school, who didn't graduate from his big Bible school that Doug graduated from, you know, he said to the man, whatever you don't want to do, I will do for you. Volunteer my time doing it for you. And the guy was like, what? He said, yeah, this is how much time I have. This is when I have the time. Would this work? Absolutely. So Doug started volunteering by putting chairs out, setting up chairs and tables, sweeping, cleaning out the classroom, handing out textbooks and everything else. And one day a a teacher couldn't come because they got sick. And in the last minute they asked Doug to fill in. So he did. He taught his first class. Now, they'd never heard him teach a class. But they knew he graduated from Bible school. So he taught the class. They couldn't believe, like, oh, my gosh. And you're sweeping the floors? So then that progressed to him being put on the board of this school when it was time for them to rearrange the plans of the school. They were deciding what they wanted to do with the school. He's in a board meeting with the team, and they said part of the curriculum needs to include internships with the students should do internships at at churches because right now we have a church that doesn't have a pastor and it's been almost a year and we have to keep filling the pulpit. But if we had students that we were training to do that, and as soon as they said, we have a church that doesn't have a pastor, Doug said he felt this like, like this zap. And he said, well, do you still need a pastor? Yes. Well, what do I need to put my name in? That's where I came in. The resume, the cover letter, the whole thing. Did it. And three weeks later, we were here. Three weeks. Like, three weeks. It would have been two. But we asked the church, could we please go to our church and say goodbye? Like, be prayed over and actually sent. Instead of being dragged out of our church. And that's, you see what I'm saying? But we took the time to, to zhuzh up our life. And not wait for the next thing to happen yes. to give us a change. Yes. Do you see? Yes. We were praying and waiting for God to show us what he wants to do. We had just relocated from Tennessee and we're in the area. You understand what I'm saying? We had just been helping my dad's church and we thought my dad was going to shut his church down. So we jumped right away <laughs> to this Rama church. But my dad kept it going. I just don't know why, but he did. But anyway, uh, <laughs> in heaven he is learning a lot of things. But... <laughs> Um, you don't keep a church to maintain evil. 
my dad was a pure, honest, hardworking, Holy Spirit-filled man, but these people were stuck. <laughs> they were just stuck, and they didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, help us, Father. Anyway, I think they're all in heaven right now, like all of them, the entire church body. I don't think the church is there anymore. Anyway, so we, but we needed to be where we went to. Do you understand? Because God had a setup. This church was waiting for a pastor for over a year. So we had just been to this church that we were at for a few months, I think it was. We became small group leaders. We, we were serving under people that never did a day in Bible school. And here's Doug, an ordained minister. We're their students. We didn't make them feel any bit of discomfort, nothing. We were just happy to serve. Whatever they wanted us to do, we would do. Wherever they, you know, anything we, we do, whatever they say. And God is the one that worked it out so we can be here. Because, yeah, we need to be here. But here's the thing. I don't want to be here 20 years. And people have been coming here and nothing's happening when you leave out here. I don't want you to keep coming to every service and you're like, woo! And then you go out there and nothing happens. Like, when you come back, you got problems not testimonies like what the heck (laughs) this place we're working with the holy ghost do you understand saying he's the spirit he's the spirit that raised christ from the dead people it's that same spirit that jesus gave us as a gift it wasn't some alternate so jesus could keep the spirit with him no he gave us the same quickening spirit that raised Jesus' body from death. We're talking death by lots of vicious acts. So not only did Jesus have to be raised from the dead and have breath again, his body had to be put back together. Think about it. His flesh had to be put back together, like his skin and all this stuff. He had the scars in his hands because he showed them. But my point is, church, we got to stir some things up. Are you asleep or are you with me? You hear what I'm saying? So Abraham, uh, Pastor Nelson, can you play? We need to zhush things up in here. Wake you up a little. Um, I, look, this is all the notes I had right here. See? Isn't that great? I'll take a picture so Pastor does see how little notes I've written up. Uh, <laughs> from this night forward, every time, every day of your life, for the rest of your life, needs to have more potency than it had the day before. It needs to be full of power. You're not just sitting around waiting for the rapture. Are you kidding me? No. You're not waiting for your time to die because I'm just over this earth thing. No. You should be hauling in the harvest, dragging it by nets. You know that the boat sinking, Peter's, you know, Peter's example to us. You should be funding the kingdom, going out, making money, funding the kingdom. Let's get this job done. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself. Everything the devil does to you, punch him harder. Don't just sit back and go, oh, well, you know, 
they don't know any better. No, they know better. They're serving somebody. And they must be satisfied with it. You understand what I'm saying? I heard uh, this week that somebody said something about my son. You don't mess with my kids. Like, you just don't do that. I mess with my kids. You don't mess with my kids. And somebody said a word over my son's bedroom when he wasn't there because they were inspecting it or something. And they had a problem they had to solve, but they didn't want to solve it. So they're trying to find fault in everything everybody in the house is doing. And I heard that and I went, oh no, I rebuked that word. So I called my son and I said, you know, this was said. I don't know if you know. He said, oh yeah, I know. I, don't. I said, listen, you need to rebuke it. Because you can't just let somebody go to your room and announce something over you. That's where you sleep. That's where you recharge for battle the next day. You see? You don't let the devil speak. I don't care if the person was a Christian. God wouldn't show up and tell you that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, and considering that my son's the opposite of that, I was like, oh no. You don't get to say that and just slip on by. No, 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 no. I caught you. I caught you good. And here's the other thing. That same word and a combination of that word with another word used to be said over me and children in my time because it was cultural, right? It's just how they did it. And I was praying in tongues one day, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said to me, that those two words right there, you need to rebuke them from your family line. I said, oh, I don't even remember those words. So I said it out loud and I said, I rebuke those words. They're never going to be my family line. Well, won't you know, one of those words is what this person used. I said, oh, no, 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 no. That's been erased from my family line and it doesn't get introduced again ever. Not in my kids, not in my grandkids, not in my great, 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 great grandkids to a thousand generations plus. Do you understand? You are the ones to capture it. You're the ones that have to do it. How dare the devil just show up and say stuff and you think it's love to just stay quiet. It was Jesus who stripped the devil. He stripped him openly, publicly, and he wrote it down forever. Forever. We know forever that he's defeated. Jesus didn't cover it up. He told everybody. He told the devil's people. He told his people. He told animals. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard that Jesus won. And that he took away the power that Satan had. So my question is, what are you telling the devil? What are you telling the devil? Are you telling, oh, my bad, my bad? No. <laughs> it's his bad. Don't take his bad. Let's stand together. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. What do you guys play? Play the first song you sang. Listen, I can't stir you up. I don't got time for that. You stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. You decide what your relationship with God is going to look like. You're the only one that knows the level you're at. 
going to break some stuff. Let's just pray. I'm going to break some stuff. If you never saw this before, this is the first time. Good, good start to this, you know. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I break. I break control. I break the power of controlling spirits over humans right now in the name of Jesus. I break it from the family line, from its foundation. I break it in the name of Jesus. I command it to go in Jesus' name. I speak freedom. I speak freedom over families. I speak wisdom. The wisdom of God to walk in freedom. I speak the wisdom of God to walk in freedom. I break the spirit of death, of premature death. started, right? It's your job to go go do it. If you stir yourself up by speaking in tongues, it edifies you. But the anointing of God inside of you helps others. If you don't, if you're afraid to help other people, it means you're selfish. You're selfish. If you're afraid to help other people, you're selfish and that's pride. That's another message. I'm just telling you. So what you can do is ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because he is our helper. Ask God to forgive you for being proud. Ask him to take out of your soul all the seeds of pride that were planted in you. To cause you to feel something bad about telling people good news about Jesus. Okay? Because God, the Holy Spirit in you. Empowers you to do it. It is the devil who makes you feel like you are not capable or you're not worthy. And to listen to the devil is pride. Fair as ever. I'm, I'm not going to convince words with you. I'm just telling you the truth here. You understand? So when it comes up, here's what you do. When it comes up that I can't do that, I can't do that, I rebuke pride in the name of Jesus. I am bold and capable of speaking what needs to be said in the moment. Okay? So, you want to pick harvest that's ready. That's where wisdom comes in. You don't pick harvest that's not ready. Because you're going to get discouraged and you're going to have undergrown fruit. You pick harvest that's ready. But there's no way on this planet that you live every day of your life and you haven't encountered harvest that's ready. 
Because Jesus said, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. So you will always be less than the harvest. There will be more harvest than there is you. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and Jesus didn't put you where he puts you. So they're in a barren land where there's no harvest. He puts you right smack in the middle of harvest. Start picking. <laughs> Start picking. Pick the harvest. Come on. Pick up. Don't let the devil sidetrack you with all kinds of details. Whoop it. Whoop it. Well, we got to end sometime here. We got to end. Before 8 o'clock was my goal. We're, we're good. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word that's powerful. It performs. And I thank you, Father, that tonight your word will perform everything that you sent it for to perform. And we will receive a harvest from this seed sown tonight on this second to last day of August. The eighth month of this year, new beginning. Just in time, we have new beginnings. We have, the, you've given us, you've given us this roadmap to new beginnings every single day. There will not, we will, none of us will be caught with stale air inside of us. Thank you, Father, that we are refreshed over and over and over every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.